0: Welcome to Sales and Sisterhood, a podcast of service providers who don't want to sit on the sidelines. I'm Koo, sales and communication coach and founder of Sunny and Flow. I'm dishing out everything you need to know to help you communicate clearly and confidently, sharpen your sales skills, make your messaging magnetic and articulate your value with ease. Plus, guest visits from my sisterhood and fellow female founders killing it in business so you can take a leaf out of their book and make shit happen in your own life too. Success and happiness in business takes two key things making sales and having a sisterhood. You deserve both, and that's why I'm here. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to Sales and Sisterhood. It's a good day. I've just gotten back from the gym having a protein shake. I was up at 6.30 this morning doing some copywriting work, which is great. Feeling super productive. Sun's shining. Life's good. But thanks so much to everyone that downloaded the social proof playbook. I was not expecting so many of you to get it so quickly. So thank you so much. And also, while I'm thanking you, to everyone that shared Sales and Sisterhood on their stories and sent me Kype Girl energy and messages, I'm so grateful. I appreciate you all. And I'm just stoked to be here helping and sharing my insights. If you haven't listened to, the previous episode, there's a freebie there for you. If you're a service provider, I think you'll find it super helpful. So jump on over and have a listen. But if you're new here, I'm Koo. I'm a sales and communication coach and copywriter for service providers. And I thought today we could take a little trip down memory lane and that I'd share some of my story. Because if you're like me, I always go back and listen to the side of the podcast to you know the first few episodes and kind of listen to them and like suss the person out and see if it's Something that I vibe with. So, if you're not interested in hearing anything about how I ended up here, then you probably won't enjoy this episode. (laughs) But otherwise, stick around because I'm going to share a little bit about how I got started with Sunny and Flow, my copywriting business, the events that led to that, and the events that happened during that and after that. So, if we take it all the way back ages ago, you know, to when I was a kid, I was basically always a little sales hustler, like as soon as I came out of the womb. When I was a kid, you know, how you would get those chocolate boxes, those fundraising chocolate boxes from your primary school, and you'd go home and have to sell them to your friends and family and raise money for, I don't know, charity or the school, whoever the money was for. And most kids would sell theirs to their grandparents or their family friends, but I would literally get the box home and go door knock the street, knocking on random people's houses. I don't know why I thought that was a good and safe idea. That's not, do not recommend. But I would, they'll call doors and be like, you want to buy a chocolate? And within an hour, all of those chocolates would be gone. I'd go back to school the next day and be like, yep, cool. Here's my money, like job done. So I, I guess I always kind of had that tenacity and the confidence when it came to sales. But fast forward to high school, I was 17 in year 12. I got my first sales job at a call center and I'd go in there and I'd have to ring people and try and get them to switch over their electricity or gas to the company that I worked for. And it was kind of awful, <laughs> but it paid really well. And I was reasonably and surprisingly good at it. I lived out of home during year 12. So it paid my rent. I used to go there after school between like four and eight. There were some really fun people that worked there. And I I do think I learned a lot from that job. You know, I was essentially just a kid and I was reading these people to get them to do something. I do not really even know much about. It was a huge confidence builder, I would say. But from there, I moved to Melbourne I grew up in central Victoria, so I moved to Melbourne. I got a job at the North Melbourne Football Club. You probably won't be too familiar with that if you aren't from Victoria, but it's an AFL football club, which is a bit of a religion here in Victoria. And I worked in the admin area and I sold AFL football memberships specifically to the North Melbourne members. And then from there, I moved into real estate. At first, I was in business development. So it was my job to run the digital marketing platforms and create relationships and do networking with other businesses or people in similar industries who could refer our agency to their clients. So did that for a while. Then from there, I moved into actual real estate sales. I worked on one of the series of The Block as well, which was really cool. The Block's not really my thing. (laughs) Um, but if you've ever watched the show, you know what I'm talking about. It was a really cool experience to be a part of though and to see how that all worked and it was really fun. We got to be on TV and they did events leading up to it where the public could come and it, it was really fun. But as the years went on, the less I liked being in real estate, I think for many, many years I stayed in it purely for money, but I found it so stressful. I had raging anxiety for years. You know, we'd work six or seven days a week, it just wasn't for me I knew in my body and in my soul that it just wasn't for me. And there was a period of time where, and it's kind of confronting to look back on this, but there was a period of time where I would wake up in the morning and literally throw up because I had such raging anxiety about what the day was going to bring. And I just have to pull it together because I was going to sell people's houses and there was high expectations of what was required of us. And selling houses is no easy feat. I think people think it is, but you're dealing with people's biggest possessions. People are very emotional, whether they're selling a house or buying a house. And a lot of the time people are selling and buying because of bad things, not just buying their dream home. People are selling or buying houses because they're in debt or there's been a death in their in their life or they're getting a divorce. So there's a lot of emotions involved in it and there is, you work a lot of hours. It was really not for me. It was very stressful. And don't get me wrong, I worked with an incredible bunch of people and I learned so much about myself, about sales, about people, about the way people buy with emotion. And it's given me a massive advantage as a copywriter writing for my clients, because I have this really distinct ability to dig deep into the emotional side of people's decision-making and not being so surface level, but actually thinking deeper about how the products and services that I'm writing about are going to change the lives of the people that buy them. So, It has been a huge advantage, but that hustle culture and the constant go, go, go and work is life, it just really wasn't for me and I constantly felt on edge. So eventually I decided to leave it all behind, move to Sydney, do something different and that's what I did. So then when I got to Sydney, I stayed in sales, but I moved away from real estate and I started working at a high-end fitness gym, wellness club. I was selling gym memberships it was a lot less pressure but it was also just so much more fun like there was a lot of other people there that were young it was a super super fun time and then 2020 came along that old chestnut and the gym that I was working for had closed down as part of the lockdown for obviously an unknown amount of time so I was living with my brother and my sister-in-law at the time in our tiny little apartment and we were just kind of like let's go home like let's get in the car in case they closed borders, let's just get out of PR. let's ring dad, tell him we're coming back and we went home. And as I said, we didn't know, nobody knew how long things were going to be closed for. So yeah, we thought at least we'll be with dad, we can keep him company, he lives on land so we'll have more space. It just felt like it would be less isolating and better if we were back home. So We did the nine-hour drive home and we got back. And honestly, and I feel weird saying this because I know that COVID and lockdown was a really hard time for a lot of people, but I really loved lockdown and enjoyed the experience that I had for the most part during that time. I had such a wholesome, incredible amount of family time, just so much time to relax and rejuvenate. So side note to this story is that just prior to lockdown, I just had surgery to have my breast implants removed. I had an allergic reaction to my implants. My body was not liking them at all and I needed to get them out. (laughs) Himes that, right? I'd gotten them in my early 20s. Bad idea. I was quite sick from them. Anyway, had my implants removed, the pandemic actually hit while I was at home recovering. I'd taken some leave from work to do that. Anyway, so during lockdown, it was great because it was the first time in a long time that I was actually physically feeling really good And my body was able to just heal. I didn't have to, you know, get up in the morning and go to work. I didn't have the stress of just everyday life. I really took the time to reflect and heal. And so from that point of view, it was really great. And with that, I also had so much time to think about what was actually important to me and what I sort of wanted for the future. And I know I've had many conversations about this to people and a lot of people agree, like it was it was a time to reflect and go inwards and assess where we're at and kind of do the inner work and yada, yada. So that's where I was at and I was like, you know what, I'd had this epiphany and I was like, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to continue on this little journey of figuring out what I want for my life. And that I knew was starting a business and I would registered an ABN to start a business like three years prior to this, but ended up moving to Sydney instead. So it really felt in that moment like it was the right time. And I think it probably didn't look like or seem like the right time to a lot of other people because it was sort of like, well, why would you quit your perfectly stable job in the middle of a pandemic to start a business when you have absolutely no idea how to run a business? So it was kind of insane in some ways. I knew that I wanted to do copywriting because other than sales, it was the other thing that I was really good at, but it was also something that I loved. Even as a kid, I used to make storybooks. And my biggest dream was always to be an author. And I still will be one day. I'm putting that on the record right now. I will write a book one day. But I knew I wanted to do copywriting, but I didn't know if people actually did it in a freelance capacity. I didn't actually know that that was a thing. You know, I did a quick Instagram search and saw that there was some other people doing it. And I was like, oh my God, this is actually a thing. People do pay for freelance copywriters. I'm going to give this a crack. And I had a lot of obviously experience copywriting because many sales roles include an element of copywriting. So I had learned to do it through those roles. So, I thought, I'm actually going to do it this time. I'm not going to put this on the back burner anymore. So that's what I did. I quit my nine till five, packed up all my stuff in Sydney, and I went home. And I was like, so dad, I'm going to stay a little bit longer. And like, he didn't even have Wi-Fi, right? So I was literally hotspotting off my phone to watch Netflix and to start this business. I had no idea what I was doing. And I told my best friend, Claire, about my idea to start a copywriting business. And she's a freelance graphic designer. And so she'd added me into these freelancing groups. And I was like scouring these Facebook groups for clients, going through the pages and putting up posts to find opportunities. Cause I just thought I need to build my portfolio because although I'd done a lot of copywriting, I didn't have really much content for businesses. I had real estate stuff and I had all my personal writing and my blogging and stuff like that. And I didn't want to attract real estate clients. So I knew I had to have other stuff in my portfolio. So I was going into these Facebook groups and I was asking if anyone needed help and I met this amazing woman, Mel, if you're listening, I love you. She's still such a good friend of mine now and Mel ran yoga retreats and mindfulness retreats and some really cool, beautiful stuff in Bali and beyond and I was doing some content writing for her. It was all free work and then she kept me on and that was amazing. I had other content to put in my portfolio, but I also had paid work. So I with wrapped. <laughs> that experience with Mel like gave me the confirmation that I was on the right path and that this wasn't just some silly little dream that I had and that there was going to be aligned clients out there. And I just had to keep doing what I was doing. Slowly but surely more started to come and I had around 30 Instagram followers, but really I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have any money. I was pretty clueless, but I just put all of my eggs in this basket and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to make this work. And I had this unshakable feeling that I was going to be able to get it off the ground. I didn't know when, I didn't really know how, but I just had this feeling that I was going to make it work, be able to run my own schedule and write for a living and build something on my own terms and be creative and not be you know, trapped in an office with a window. There was some non-negotiables and I was going after it. And I hustled, I'll be honest, really hard in that first year. I put my head down, I worked on Christmas Day, I was working into the night almost every night. I was setting up the back end, my systems, getting the foundations right making lead magnets, I was investing in templates and courses, education, I was listening to all the podcasts, I was trying all the things, I was just really trying to get my head around how it all worked. And I even hired a proofreader very early on so that I could have a second set of eyes on my content to make sure it was error-free. I was taking it really seriously. It was a lot. And the freedom that I have in my business now is incredible, so I'm so thankful for everything that I did invest in even when I really could not afford it because it absolutely paid off in every way. But Yeah, back then I was just showing up, talking to nobody. Most of those 30 followers that I had were family and friends that were just following me out of support. So I kind of felt like a dickhead most of the time, but you got to do what you got to do. So anyway, fast forward, we're at like the four month ish mark now. And I had a couple of clients at this point and I was just starting to gain some momentum and feeling really hopeful about where things were going and seeing some small results here and there, but it felt good. My following was still small, but it was getting there and I was just showing up. I'd made a promise to myself early on that I would just do something each day to move the needle forward. It didn't matter how big or small. I just wanted to keep that consistency. And then one day I was about to jump on a Zoom call and I was stoked. I was so excited because it was a new client that had DM'd me. And just as I was about to jump on that call, I saw a police car coming down my driveway and I'm thinking, this is weird. They must have the wrong house. And I was panicked because I didn't want to be late for the zoom call so i was like oh, i better go get rid of them before this client logs on i, I was already sitting in the waiting room waiting for her to jump in so i quickly ran out the door and the cops were walking towards me and and he was like can we talk he sat down and he he told me that my dad had died at work of a suspected heart attack and yeah my world completely shattered into a million pieces in that moment like I that was not at all of what I was expecting and life literally flipped on its head in a second like my heart was it was fucked there is really no other way to put it there really isn't like it was really fucked up and how huh, did you think I was going to get emotional sharing this but of course I am but yeah, so from that moment, from that day that dad had passed, you know, I had a funeral to plan, I had an estate to look after, we had so much grieving to do, it was, yeah, it was an unfathomable thing to have happened. My dad was my best friend, I obviously had been living with him, and it was just crazy, like him leaving one day and not coming home, and it was it was so fucked up. I took eight weeks off from hustling to build a business. I did not touch a thing. The couple of clients that I did have were incredibly supportive and they were like, dude, you know, you do you, like, just incredible. But honestly, at that point, four months in, a couple of clients, the easier option would have been just to give it up. But I had a new motivation. And instead of being motivated towards freedom and, you know, doing what being my motivation really then became making my dad proud. And I wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't. Him and being able to go home and having his support. He created the best, safest space for me to come back and move in and take over his house and spend every day building this up. He actually couldn't believe it. I remember us celebrating the day that I made my first $75 and then my first $300. He couldn't believe that I was even making money at home in my pajamas. He couldn't really understand that concept. He worked really hard, you know, like most of our parents, where they have quote unquote normal jobs. So the fact that I could sit at home with just a laptop without even having a proper internet connection and actually make money was shocking to him. And I know if he could see me now and what I've built, I know he would be so proud and so excited. All the time I sit here and I think, I wish I could tell him. I wish he was here. And obviously for so many other reasons. But yeah, he was just an incredible person, an absolute legend, the funniest person. He was awesome. And he taught me the value of hard work and he supported all my wild ideas and all my siblings' wild ideas and he just loved us so much. He was the best. I miss him so much. But anyway, so as I said, I took around eight weeks off after dad passed to get my shit back together. And as I came back to work, the few clients that I did have, they were still there and they were more than happy to have me back. And I just had this new fire in my belly to keep growing. I didn't have as much energy as I would have liked. You know, I was still hurting a lot and I was dealing with all of the stuff that comes along with losing an immediate family member, the heartbreak of that and navigating the admin of that, and navigating life without him. There was just a lot of changes and me and my siblings were in the thick of it. We were going through a lot. So as more and more of my energy came back, momentum started to build and here we are and I'm really happy and I'm really proud and grateful that I kept going. And honestly, like, sad note, if you're listening to this and you're stagnant in your growth right now, or you just don't know what to do, or life is hard and things are distracting you, just give yourself grace and know that you can do it. I have done it through COVID and immense grief and obstacles, and I believe in you. Life is hard and shit comes up and it's fucked up, but you can do this. So yeah, I guess that's my story in a nutshell. I was lucky in a sense that even though I had no idea how to write a business and do money, to support its growth or anything like that. The one thing I did have was my sales skills and my deep understanding of sales psychology and my ability to communicate really clearly and articulate what it is that I do and the value that I bring to the table. And I leaned into that and I just kept going. And now here I am talking to you on this podcast. And these days I've got two writers, a proofreader, an admin assistant, Darcy Dubs, ER, Maddie, if you're listening, I love you, And I've got the best clients in the universe. I swear they were literally made for me. But not only am I doing copywriting now, I'm also coaching other service providers on their sales and communication so they can get more clients through their door. I have a new program launching in 2024, which is exciting. So if your sales and communication needs work, check that out. But yeah, I just think there's so much noise in the online world that we need to have all these bells and whistles and we need the most beautiful website and the most beautiful branding. And there's just so much pressure to have all of the things straight away. And I don't want to devalue any of those things because I do 100% agree and believe in their importance. But when it comes to growing your business, I think there are things that you can focus on and still make an impact to your growth and still get clients and make sales. I'm absolutely living, breathing proof of that because I didn't really have any of those things. But I did have the foundations, the basics, the ability to communicate, which is so, so key. Because at the end of the day, you can be as good as you want at your service. But if you can't clearly articulate it or communicate it to people and you can't sell it, then it really doesn't matter how good you are. I knew going into starting a copywriting business that I was great at writing copy, but I wouldn't have been able to find clients and make sales and get people to work with me if I didn't know how to clearly explain that. It really is the groundwork, you know, the sales side and the communication side. It's such a key foundation for your business. But anyway, I'm going to wrap it up there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you showing up to to listen and that I have the space to kind of share this story. I know I've shared bits and pieces of my journey before, but you probably haven't heard it to that extent. I know this hasn't been very actionable or value packed, but I did just want to give you a bit of an insight into my story and how I got from A to B. I know I love listening to my story episodes, so I hope you do as well. And I hope it's allowed you to get to know me a little bit more. I'd love to hear from you. If you've listened to the episode, please let me know. My DMs are always open and If you want to work together on your sales or communication skills or your copy, reach out. As I said, DMs are always open. But I'll be back with another episode very soon. Have a great Christmas and even better new year and we will talk soon.